good tidings to you, everybody out there in Radioland. I want to say Radioland because that sounds more classy. Podcastville. Not as much. It's like radio. We're still kind of on radio zone-ish. Ishy. Feels real ishy. Yeah, today I'm going to be talking to a more recent friend of mine, Ash Ritter. I've met Ash through the herb store, the Tucson herb store. There, there's a full-on plug for the Tucson herb store. Check it out. And gotten to be friendly over the years here since she moved to Tucson about, I think, four or five years ago. And um, great, great person, super fun. She's my Aquarian sister and a wealth of herbal knowledge. She is quite the herbalist. Very, very learned. (laughs) And um, it's just great. We go off on all kinds of tangents when we hang out and talk and... um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff, get into a lot of fun stuff. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to her today about her life, just, you know, where she's from and how she got involved in herbal medicine and where that has brought her to this day. She teaches classes and workshops. She's an amazing culinary artist. Um, I think mostly vegan, vegan, uh, dishes and, and incredible like herbal soups and she also has a candy of the month club which we are subscribed to right now getting these amazing herbal infused candy caramels and fudge chocolate raw chocolates it's oh yum 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 so well um, if that hasn't tantalize your taste buds i uh i hope that uh this episode will let us dip into the fun zone with my friend ash ritter bird sounds on the show we've had so many shows out here now and it's great it's great to like have that infused into our talks oh yeah it's great and and so you came over today here and you brought some pu'er tea i did yeah (laughs) i did in these amazing um clay what is so what is it what is this here that i'm drinking from Oh, gosh. Actually, these are made, these cups, they stack, by the way. Mm. They're stackable. Um, They're made by a local ceramicist named Ursula. So Ah. thanks, Ursula. Thank you. In Tucson. In Tucson, we bartered. I traded her herbal candy for these beautiful... I said, please make me the smallest teacups you've ever made. (laughs) They are great. They're like such a nice size. I love it. They make a good sound, too. I'm all about the sound of like... (sighs) 
You hear that? And that? Scratching at the tea? Scratching at the tea. Pawing at the tea <laughs> for some pu'er. I gotta get more pu'er. Yeah. I might get a little, this might get me a little zippy, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a oh. unique kind of zippy. It's different than this other tea that I brought you here. Oh, uh, yes. Um, yeah, yopon. Well, so the yopon yeah. is one of them. Yeah. And the Latin name is Ilix vomitoria, so don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is, I mean, how yeah. does that happen? <laughs> so that's, you know, when you look at these old ethnobotanical texts, this is a tree, this is a holly family tree that grows in the south, like in Georgia and around there. And uh, mm. it gets the Latin name because when, basically when botanists mm. came through to what we now call the United States... Mm-hmm. And they saw how indigenous people were working this th- with this plant. They were like, oh, it's an emetic. Like, it makes you throw up. Yeah. You yeah. know? So let's just name it after barfing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a barf plant. But it's more than that. I mean, it's yeah. it's probably our only truly native plant in the U.S. that's caffeine-containing. Really? And theobromine containing which people think only is in chocolate but it's also in this in this too mm. so this is fat this is phenomenal I'm, I'm excited i'm really excited i wish i had brewed it right now and drinking it while we're talking about it, but i'm excited to try it out and hearing more of its history and so how do you say it? it's the actual the yopan 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 or yopan and and i brought it up too because this is like a that's a way different kind of zippy than mm. poor yeah what's the difference so poor is like a I'm going to be firing off questions left and right here. (laughs) I mean, for me, so I'm already kind of like near, like mentally. Yes. Bee, bumblebee kind of person. Um, Poor actually kind of feels like a really grounding, embodied energy to me. Mm -hmm. And Yopon, so Yopon's related to Yerba Mate. Got it. And Wayusa, which is this other plant. But those feel a lot more like I'm about to zing out. (laughs) out of my body into some sort of reverberating echo or something. <laughs> it's a different... Zing, ting, ting. Yeah. Going wild with the... Well, and it's like the history... The first time I ever experienced Guayusa, which mm. is Yopan's cousin, Yeah, was in Peru when I was studying in Peru. And the, the way that I was introduced to it wasn't to drink it. It mm. was to bathe, to oh. bathe with it as a kind of a protective yeah anyway so you know the stories that people have and all the different ways we can work with plants there's there's layers and layers and layers 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 yeah um it's really interesting though yeah the the only caffeinated in uh plant in the u.s yeah that's it's so weird you know because you just think about like we're drinking drink mate often mm-hmm. and there's green tea puer mm-hmm. and um coffee i mean the, these plants that are caffeine contain caffeine and so you know hey here's here it is right there there that's, it is right there it's really cool that's, it's exciting yeah well and that's the thing is a lot i mean i want to do a class about this one day but so much of the like stimulant plants that people know and love have this deep-seated history with like really problematic behaviors of humanity you know Uh slavery is connected to all these stimulant plants that make capitalism go yeah right (laughs) right right yeah like yes 
So, not to get too dark and stormy at the mm. beginning of this interview. We'll, we'll come in with that later. A storm yeah. front will roll in a little later. And then yeah. We'll <laughs> no, but, but, yeah. but it is interesting to think about, you know, just yeah. how to engage with a stimulating plant that's from our landscape. So, we're not mm. necessarily getting stuff from far all the time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting, too, just like how, you know, thinking about plants that are stimulating and caffeine um contain caffeine Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what do you do with that right what's the where's the energy going to go yeah i'd like to think everyone's going to create with that energy or um you know harness it in a you know a way i know a lot of meditators that'll use um green tea and you know Mm -hmm. um matcha and think you know for meditation just Mm -hmm. to help get them a little more like focused um Instead of going to, you know, crunch the numbers all day. That's and, right. uh, you know, crunching numbers. <laughs> you don't have to crunch numbers. No. You can uh, hold the numbers. And not cr- no crunching. Just caressing the numbers. You don't <laughs> have to transcend cr- the numbers. Transcend the numbers. <laughs> Use these T's to transcend the number that's game. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing is... <laughs> A lot of the caffeine plants, if you look at the history too, yeah, they, they there's usually a lot of ritual aspects around how how that energy is contained. Mm, like how? Oh gosh, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking of the Ethiopian coffee ceremony. I mean, you roast it right there in front of your guests, and you burn a ton of frankincense, and it becomes this really intense sensory altered state and yeah. an experience that's requires a lot of presence mm-hmm. you know and same thing with the japanese tea ceremony you know the chado the matcha same thing with gongfu cha the chinese tea ceremony it's this engaging in this very intentional present awareness yeah which is way different than getting a matcha frappuccino frappuccino in a drive through <laughs> and like Go into the mall. <laughs> Zipping around with the matcha frap. Yeah. <laughs> Frapping away. Yeah. Up route, going up the route five. Yeah. Frapping your, frapping your, your map. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm feeling frappy today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, right. So that there's a little more of a sacredness to, uh, to using these, these plants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, Yeah. I obviously want to ask you more questions about this. And um, for now, just kind of pivoting back to um, where are you from? Oh, gosh. Who are you, Ash? That's, I still am trying to, I'm in that existential (laughs) (laughs) space all the time. Who am I? Um, Yeah. No, it's as far as this human being, Ash, I I grew up in Southern California. Yeah. um, In beautiful Silver Strand Beach. Oxnard, California. Okay. Um, so it was, at least when I was growing up, it was the place where I think the most strawberries were grown in the U.S. Really? Strawberry fields. <sighs> Strawberry, Strawberry fields, fields forever. Forever. Um, and in Oxnard, right along the the edge, there are all of these different beach communities. Mm-hmm. So I grew up on Silver Strand Beach, which at the time was just super funky. Yeah. A lot of 
surfers and stoners and kind of working class. You know, mil- there's a military base there, so some of those people were there. And yeah, thank goodness I grew up there. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, what was I had it? A lot of freedom. A lot of freedom. Yeah. I mean, my parents. <laughs> I mean, I won't get into this, but my parents would let me just walk to the beach when I was, you know, eight years old. So I would just walk down the street barefoot. Yes. And just go kind of sit and stare out at the ocean Mm. and it's nice i kind of didn't realize it until later that that was kind of my first sort of relationship with like a divine quality of life yeah something that i knew could like eat me up Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so it held this sort of intense i had to be reverent because it held this intensity that was so beautiful and sparkling but also pretty gnarly yeah. you know because Silver yeah. Strand Beach was is famous for surfers because the waves are bigger and more kind of a wild style than other beaches around Southern California it's not like a lapping delightful bath <laughs> like um so full-on like real deal like locals only kind of yeah point Pe- break people would get territorial mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so I grew up there until I was 10. Okay. And then I ended up moving with my mom and my two sisters to Wisconsin. That's a change. Yeah. It was a huge reality shift. Um, and I learned so much from going from one place to another. Yeah. You know, at that age, right? When I was like budding, like prepubescent kind of vibes, trying to figure out who I was. I'm still figuring out who I am, but... Right, Yeah, so between 10 and 16, 15, I lived in Wisconsin in this really tiny, like, donut hole of a town called Thienesville. Thienesville. Yeah, shout out to Thienesville. Not that (laughs) far from Milwaukee. Okay. Um, But yeah, it was a whole other... It was a whole other world. Yeah, what was it like going... I mean, that's a huge... (laughs) huge change going from surfer land to yeah. wide open space ocean to to that little town mm-hmm. what was it like well yeah. and to clarify too like oxnard was this really interesting blend of surfer land but at the t- at the time i lived there it was primarily um Mexica, Mexican people. Mm-hmm. So culturally speaking, that was that was the vibe that I grew up in. That's yeah. I was, you know, like Mija to all of my friends, mm. moms and grandmas and yeah. Grew up with that. So then yeah, I get to Wisconsin and it's this very kind of white bread, like big husky Nordic people, like brought bratwursts on the back of the car <laughs> at the football game kind of thing yeah um so it seemed really straight laced at first mm-hmm. and uh i just i remember looking out at the land and being like where are the mountains yeah. <laughs> it's just flat Pretty flat <laughs> flat and did, cows but beautiful yeah. and a lot a lot happened yeah. how did you get like plugged in there did you find was there a community was there like like-minded souls oh gosh and I imagine, I don't know if this is true, but, like, usually, you know, I find 
we connect through music that way and like when you're you know, like okay you like that great we're, well, roll, we're yeah. rolling that's a good that reminds me of so I went to summer camps mm. when I started living out there yeah and I remember going to the summer camp and one of the camp counselors was playing this cassette tape and I was just taken oh like taken away by it I was enamored yeah. with it yeah. So I asked her what it was, and she said, oh, this is the Grateful Dead. Oh. And it was the Europe 72 live uh, live album. Which I finally listened to <laughs> this past summer for the first time oh, ever. Oh, man. Because I was recommended by a friend, and you, too. You were also like, that was the, you're like, that's the one. Listen to that. And well, yeah. so, yeah. So. It's nostalgic <laughs> for me, because mm-hmm. you know, because of stumbling upon it and this summer camp vibe where we're you know like shooting bow and arrow and making rain sticks out of paper towel tubes it was like fond memories mm. what was the camp called oh man i don't remember so here's the, that's the puer talk and it's fast questions camp what's the cancel oh name? god where, <laughs> what was your bunk number i don't <laughs> even remember what the camp was called mm-hmm totally forgot yeah. I don't know but totally was, forgot but it was really great but it was great and and that actually ended up kind of I grew up in a super musical home yeah. you know and that that really so right away I just latched onto that album and I was like okay let me find everything I can from 1972 because I like this sound <sighs> yeah. you know so I would go to yeah. this to this record shop called the I'd have my mom drive you know I was 11 12 years old I'd have my mom drive me to Thanks, Mom, to uh, huh. the exclusive company, this record shop. The exclusive company? That's what it was called, wow. this record store. That's rad. And, uh, you know, just started trying to find things in that web of relationship to that album. Yeah. And yeah. concurrently, I was also very into grunge music. Yes. Because it helped with my youthful angst <laughs> yeah no, that's the nobody understands me music oh yeah like, like nirvana like kurt cobain kurt, yeah. i had a huge kurt cobain poster in my room nice huge yes love him yeah yeah nirvana Soundgarden. like an entire wall just laminated of <laughs> <laughs> yeah kurt cobain had one of those neon orange blow-up couches yeah you know yes just so i could just look at his lovely <laughs> lovely eyes yes (laughs) yes but yeah so i just music was and still to this day but was my like greatest joy yeah greatest joy and i just spent so much time and listening to the radio a lot i was really really into the radio from young Mm. in fact i always wanted to be a radio dj really yep interesting from a young age yeah. Really wanted to be a DJ. Like, um, what What kind of... Just from listening to even, like, this music grunge, or was there something... Was it, like, classic rock station where you were just kind of... Just going through and be like, I love the radio. I'm just going to listen to... At that age, I just would listen to whatever, and I was into kind of the, the grunge rock radio yeah. and the classic rock radio. Yeah. But then throughout my teens, and... I would find these, like, the college radio stations. Yes. And that blew my mind. Yes. I would just listen so intently and have take notes, mm-hmm. you know? 
and take notes. And by the time that, uh, and I, yeah, like Sorry. Yeah. I was pre, it was like the Napster. So the Napster started this now I'm spanning over some years, but mm-hmm. Napster started coming into the picture and soul seek was the one that I found. Oh, okay. Remember that one? Yeah, that I do. Soul seek was the cool one. Cause you could find these real weird. That was some of the weirder off kilter. Yeah music so just you know breaking my mom's work laptop with computer viruses (laughs) downloading like psychedelic you know nigerian rock music and just things happened so snowballed from that a std a streaming transmittable disease oh no no (laughs) i guess yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I just made that. I'm sure someone thought of that, but off the top of my head. Wow. So, um, so the, <laughs> there you go. Ta-da. Oh, no. That's it. That's the puer. That's yeah, the puer. it is. It does that. Um, <laughs> I realize, you know, so the, a theme, too, is in the show has been, like, pre-internet. Yeah. And so it's just, I really like thinking back, and th- people I've been talking with, like, you go to these music stores, you, like you said, writing down, you hear something that's all we had we didn't look it up we have it at our disposal right the whole disposal mm-hmm. uh the whole world all the music ever created and then you had to really hunt for it and search mm-hmm. so you hear something you got to take a note you got to like look you gotta you know talk to people that's yep. your the record store was like the hub for finding out about music and yeah. getting to know things so and college radio like you said college radio like that was that was it, man. Like amazing. Yeah. Mind blowing. Yes. I and I stumbled upon so many things from college radio, but I also definitely give my parents a ton of love and gratitude for their taste in music. So your dad. Yeah. Tell me about your dad. What's the what's my dad's the music? great. Yeah. My, both of my parents are awesome. I don't want to just say your dad. Both are great. But I, yeah. yeah tell, me, tell me about him, and cause just because I know you've talked a little bit about your dad, and I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. Yeah. As a musician. So, my dad. So when I, you know, growing up in the household, like we had an amazing vinyl record collection, and there was always music coming from. We lived in this amazing A-frame house ah. on Silver Strand, and. Yeah. Um, there was always like music and a little bit of pot smoke like wafting through the air so that probably explains some of my like you know curiosity around the weird but um yes so there was always amazing music we had a fender roads in the house <laughs> you know there was always amazing wow. music Gosh. surrounding but my dad you know when i was a youth he owned an art gallery and a framing business um so the arts were always like the thing Mm -hmm. um as a kid but before you know in his younger days he was a drummer yeah and he grew up in new york he grew up in queens and he grew up with the his best friend was a who people know as the ramones family Mm -hmm. that's a stage name right you know right yes (laughs) Um, but he grew up, his best friend was... The last name is not all Ramones. No, it is not. <laughs> uh, I think their actual real last name is Hyman, if my yes. memory serves me right. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. So my dad was a drummer in a band with Mickey Ramone, mm-hmm. um, Mickey Hyman. Mm-hmm. And it actually was 
it was a power trio, as he likes to call it. (laughs) And this was kind of, you know, I always thought that he was a hippie, but then the more I kind of understood his history and the history of the music movements, he was kind of right on that edge between, you know, this stronger, like, Led Zeppelin-style rock music, bass-heavy rock music, and pre-punk. Yeah. So he was in this band playing the drums with Mickey, and... What was it called? It was called Purple Majesty. (laughs) (laughs) And they actually pressed a record that was produced by Joey Ramone when Joey Ramone was 16. (sighs) He produced their record. And the story goes that this record got lost. This record got lost, you know, for... 40 years, 50 years, 40 years. And then somebody rediscovered the record in their collection maybe about 10 years ago. What? And then a record company, I think, I can't remember the name of the record company, but they ended up repressing it. And it was this huge, huge deal for my dad to all of a sudden like kind of have this <sighs> musician history that he left aside to do the art thing kind of to be recognized for that background that he had yeah but uh yeah that's part of his story can can i listen to it (laughs) yeah it's out you can like you can find it um shoot i well the band is called purple majesty and there's the word time in the in the song title i can't remember that's amazing but yeah that's that's part of my dad's story and then he you know, when he was, he, similar, similar but different to me. It's like he dropped out of high school when he was young, started going to school of visual arts, mm. night school in New York, and started working as a graphic designer pre-computers. Yeah. So he, his story to me, without revealing some of the stories I probably shouldn't share without his permission, is that like, <laughs> he, uh... That'll be for the outtakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he figured that doing the art thing would be like a stable... Mm-hmm. livelihood and also i know that you know there were some debaucherous things happening <laughs> amongst young rock and roll teens in that really know, in, the, in the really late 60s and yeah okay. <laughs> they weren't all going to a bible study nope. every night and- nope oh. nope <laughs> jeez how about that no <laughs> we're not um <laughs> So he was in New York at the time. Was he also like going doing the like CBGBs thing? Was he there for? I think so. Kind of... I know that they played shows. I think it was it was either Mickey's mom, yeah, or one of the one of the moms would drive them to play gigs at like. I know he would play in Greenwich Village and has some stories about. It's like a perfect, this like total <laughs> biker dude just went right by down the road. I was like, it was perfect compliment to where we just were in the rock zone i was like literally he looked over at us like yeah, yeah. i know what you guys are talking about all right <laughs> all right <laughs> it was ridiculous that doesn't happen much um but yeah there was <laughs> i know there were gigs being played and yeah and fun being had sure fun there fun, we go major fun yes yeah major <laughs> major fun major fun like you know it, teenager's dream yeah like yes. yeah all the probably i'll just you know the sex drugs rock and roll like yeah classic there yeah and again like there are things that i probably shouldn't know there are things that i do know yeah 
And it's all good. Yes, exactly. It's, it's there. all good. It's there. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a little bit about my dad. So growing up in that zone, mm-hmm. yeah, quite a quite a neat sounding environment to like be pulling music from, you know, just being surrounded by this and art and music. And, yeah. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that's really... That's really neat. That's some nurture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, like we de- there was a lot of you know dysfunctional weirdness. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, and this and that. Yeah. And you know, the, our foundation was always in music and the arts, and there's like a siren right after you. Yeah, that too. this is ridiculous. <laughs> we're getting like cue the sound effects, reality sound effects for everything we're doing. It's um, just the yeah. <laughs> Dysfunction. What does it mean? I know, yes. It's a sign. But, yeah, we, my sisters and I, we always had permission to be who we wanted to be. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily learn how to, like, you know, be a successful (laughs) businesswoman, necessarily. (laughs) But I always had permission to explore Mm -hmm. what made my heart sing. Yeah. More or less. More or less. You know, I still, like... There's still the like uh, little pressures here and there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's pressures even if you don't have that um, push to be like, you know. Yeah. Climb the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. Crunch the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So thank goodness. And both of my parents. I'm not like an astrology dogmatist, but yeah. Both of my parents are water signs, so mm-hmm. they're both like way deep poets at heart yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah pull, you know, pulling from the well and pulling from the well yeah yeah that makes sense that yeah makes sense um and so your mom too she was like also in that camp art poetry kind of my mom is is really multifaceted and awesome. Hi, mom. I know she's gonna listen. Um, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. I met your mom. I met your mom once. Yeah. At the shop. Yeah. She rocks. Yeah. Um, when she, I know when she was. So she grew up in Milwaukee. Yeah. And when she graduated high school, she. I'm sure I'm missing things in the storyline, but she ended up being a respiratory therapist. Oh. But was always a poet at heart and yeah. traveled, you know, in Europe when she was 19 and then mm. moved to San Francisco yeah. in the very early 70s. Yeah. And there are a lot of stories from that era that I don't have permission <laughs> to tell at all. I love it. You'll just um, help people have to use their imagination out there. Oh, yeah. Just picture, you know, picture what was happening in the hate in the yeah. early 70s. And my mom was there and... Um, she ended up, all the things happened, she ended up moving to L.A. to be a makeup artist. Really? For film. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then that was around the era that she met my dad, because my dad came out to do the art gallery thing. Yeah. I guess in the mid seventy or later 70s to L.A. So my parents met in Los Angeles did area. She, did she end up doing that in the movies? or mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, mm-hmm. Kind, did, any, what kind of... I don't remember. I mean, there's this famous picture of my mom with the bald cap on. You know, I know she really liked doing makeup of that nature. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
but uh we'll have to get her on and get some of yeah family famous picture not like famous to anyway um yeah i don't remember i know some of the names i think i remember her talking about doing makeup on rick james and he was spun out out of control (laughs) you know things like this which I could only imagine in that era, like oh my gosh, you know, people yeah. were wiling out. So oh, wily coyotes, <laughs> you know, just then they're freaking out and wiling out and yeah, yeah, probably can't sit still, all coked up and pretty you know, much. Your mom's trying to like, you know, put yeah. makeup on, do nice just, like, eyeliner, can't stop moving, <laughs> yeah, shaking, yeah, um, getting super freaky. Yeah, pretty so, much. Um, <laughs> super freaky and super cheeky. Yes. <laughs> so you. <laughs> that, was, that was bad. Yeah. That was a dumb joke, but it's that's okay. A, that's that's how. Right. That's how it happens here. <laughs> um, you went to. <laughs> I take. I take full responsibility for the puns. Yeah. You went, basically from Milwaukee. Then where'd you go after that? Did you oh end gosh. up in? So yeah. So, I ended up moving back to my hometown when I was sixteen. And living on a sailboat with my dad. Wow. Which was really cool. So I lived on a sailboat with my dad for two years. Wow. Which really infused a lot of my... I mean, all of this backdrop really infused a lot of who I became and who I'm still becoming. But just being in the rhythm of uh, nature. Would you be like like houseboat kind of thing? Like you're on the water living? Yeah, we were docked. You know, because I was in high school. Yeah, wow. You know, I was like a high school, learning how to drive, like starting to date for the first time and living on a 32-foot sailboat with my dad, which was, again, it was amazing, but it also was, you know, it was interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It was interesting. I mean, but it's... Was it always moving? How was it? Yeah. Like, so did you just get used to that? Yes, sea legs. Sea legs. Got your sea legs. Yeah. Do you prefer that more on the boat or off? Sea legs on the boat. Sea legs on the boat. So just being on that rhythm of the water. Well, the sea leg, I think the sea leg thing is when you get off the boat and you're still oh, kind of Oh, sea legs, like, that's after. Like a okay. rubber band sort of yeah. gumby guy. Yeah. But I loved, you know, you're rocked to sleep by the yeah. sound of the oh. little dinging of the the line hitting the Gosh. sail pole. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the wind chime as the that, wind chime dings. Oh come on! <laughs> okay, we <laughs> are not vibe. little, doing s- that. little that is... seagull alarm clock. Seagull alarm yeah. clock and seagull alarm clock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was amazing and it also incredibly humbling, you know, because mm-hmm. like I stayed in this tiny little aft cabin, which was essentially just like you know my bed. Yeah, and then I, you know, had my my uh what do you call that portable cd player yeah with my little headphones yes but it, it required us the to stay man. yeah the disc man but we i stayed outside a lot because mm-hmm. it's like when the sun's out you get up and you're chilling outside yeah um so that so that happened and then and then i did end up i did end up <laughs> moving in with my mom for my last kind of leg of of high school era yeah. I dropped out of regular high school yes um there was a certain point where especially coming from the Wisconsin school system to the California school system and realizing that 
I just felt like the teachers weren't into it. They weren't into, they weren't into, you know, getting us to think. They, I had, you know, my biology teacher was great, mm-hmm. but um, no, I just felt like babysitting, and it was again like the time that I started smoking cannabis. So I had all these kind of interesting like openings around really genuinely, genuinely wanting to learn. But I had big questions that high school couldn't answer. Yeah. Big questions. Um, So thank my lucky stars. We found this, like, um, what do they call it? Middle college program where I could start going to community college when I was 17 Hmm. and finish high school with these, like, three-day-a-week things. And that was mind-blowing. A lot happened in that time because all of a sudden I was taking whatever classes I wanted in community college, happened to sign up for a... Anthi- cultural anthropology class and met my first mentor mm. and s- a lot changed so yeah it was around the time where I was starting to like hang out at dead shows yeah explore different entheogens um, explore my mind and the nature of reality and yeah and uh, yeah it, it was a really powerful time like needless to say and I've told this story before I think in one of my classes but you know I really liked going I was I books bookstores were my safe place mm-hmm. bookstores were my safe place so I remember going to this metaphysical bookstore in Los Angeles when I was a teenager and I happened to find this book called Hallucinogens and Shamanism by Michael Harner didn't know anything about him and uh, I was reading it before class on my first day of class with this professor John Baker this anthropologist and he was like what are you reading and I thought oh no <laughs> you know trouble. like I'm about to get in trouble yeah. he's like let's talk after class and he ended up saying like hey I that's a colleague of mine and um, I'd love to hear more about your interest in this and actually you know I studied some ethnobotany too when I was getting my PhD and was looking at the native you know connection and relationship with Datura and I was like what I could do this in outside of a dead show parking lot (laughs) you know like I could do this in an academic and at the time I thought that was the pinnacle right Mm -hmm. like I could do this in an academic context and write books and give classes and lectures like oh my god so all of a sudden these doors started opening where I loved school I was excited about school for a time yeah and I don't know. I I became a little bit disenchanted with the field. I love this teacher, but the field of anthropology felt so um, racist and dry, and, <laughs> and 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 acting like all of these things were done. You mm-hmm. know, like this primitive culture once upon a time did this and that and the other thing, and it was you know. Yeah. Yeah, romanticizing and putting it in the past, and and uh, yeah, at all, that and that's all done. We know it all now. Yeah, all that, done. You know, so problematic. And around that same time, someone handed me this book called True Hallucinations by Terence McKenna. <sighs> you know, so all of a sudden, all these thing, things started churning in my world, and I realized I don't want to study this like it's dead and gone. I want to study this from people. Yeah, from people whose reality this is, and. Yeah. Yeah. where it's held with with reverence and there's a context there's a context um, so I ended up 
you know, a bunch of stuff happened. But I ended up moving up to San Francisco to go finish my bachelor's degree okay. at this really awesome uh liberal arts college that ended up getting shut down but (laughs) (laughs) But, because uh, it was so good and yeah uh, (laughs) well apparently they weren't teaching enough of the um (laughs) the uh the main subjects to keep their accreditation and there was other stuff too but yeah Yeah. new college of california new college of Mm -hmm. california yeah where i could get a degree where i could get a degree in uh consciousness healing and ecology with a minor in culture ecology and sustainable community and then it's like you know i remember my mom being like how are you gonna get a job with that like people aren't even gonna understand what that means (laughs) what do those words mean yeah but it was it was great and that's like there's so many things that happened after that yeah from that yeah did you meet michael harner or did you ever like? I did. You did. Um, and so, for people that know that, he's he's pretty famous. He's uh, I mean, one of the classic books is The Way of the Shaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was one of the first Westerner, you know, white dudes to go, one of the first to go um, connect in and work with um, people in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, you know, it's it's a kind of, like, sensitive terrain. But, yeah, at the time, you know, I was, like, 22 or something like this, 23. And, yeah, went to the new college. As soon as I finished new college, I went down from North Bay into San Francisco to take Michael Harner's, one of Michael Harner's programs. Oh. You know? Um, And... (sighs) then from there you know it's like everything kept everything kept uh spider webbing you know like moved to san francisco with the intention of studying with michael harner and then ended up getting sidetracked and working at this this uh uh raw food restaurant that has a lot of like what was that one Cafe Gratitude, <laughs> which is like another crazy story, but yeah, what, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, you worked there for a little bit. I worked there for a little bit, and I got fired for insubordination. <laughs> it was just a little. It was. It got a little. It got a little wild there. It got a little wild there. The notion of superfoods, right? Like. Here's a traditional ancestral food that people are going to rebrand and sell for only well-to-do people to afford. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it started really opening my eyes into some of the, the nuance of the health world and how to really approach it where it gave honor to ancestral people. Yeah. And it was accessible to anybody that wanted it. Yeah. So all of a sudden I started having this opening of, okay, I want to deal with people where this is their ancestry. I want to deal with people where, you know, we're, we're making things accessible and, and for anybody that's interested in being well and what does being well even mean and yeah, who am I in that, you know? So I ended up going to Peru. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Which is another crazy story. What happened to Peru? <laughs> you say that, you get it's a. 
I gotta go and ask you that. <laughs> well, all I'll say is I was when I was in the Bay Area. I remember going. I went. I, <laughs> I was actually when I was finishing college. We had to do like a like a mentorship program where we would go volunteer with someone whose work we found intriguing. Yeah. And of course, I found these two women that did um, vortex healings, and yes. I was like, I have no idea what this even means. But these ladies say that vortex is on their land, so I'm gonna go see if they'll let me volunteer for them. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like super far out, but um, yeah, but fascinating, right? And I was. Again, I came from this anthropology background where, like, the cool part of that is I always wanted to do field work. Yeah. I'm like, and, and honestly, yeah. that's what made me the herbalist I am today because I would just, whoever I was curious about, yeah. I would go to and be like, hey, do you need help washing your dishes? Yeah. Like, hey, do you need help doing your laundry? Do you need help with anything? And just try and hang out with them. Yeah. And hear their story and, and uh, hold it in a good way, you know, but. Yeah. They had invited this Peruvian curandera up to their property to do a winter solstice gathering and we were all sitting and giving thanks for the mother earth and this and that and saying nice things to a tree and <laughs> and all of a sudden this woman Ada looks at me glaringly with a fire in her eyes and she points at me and she goes Androhino starts screaming Androhino at me and I thought what? How does she know? Because I've always, you know, when I was a youth, I was always a tomboy. Yeah. Always felt like kind of this yeah. ability to transcend and like move between masculine and feminine mm-hmm. ways of being, thinking and being and in the world. And she's screaming at me, and draw you know, and draw you know. Oh. And I was like, what? What? You know, what do I yeah. do? And she ends up talking to me afterwards, and she's like, my dear. You know, I'd like to spend some more time with you and talk to you. And I won't tell that whole story publicly, but she ended up saying, um, I'd like to have you in my, you know, in my home in mm. Peru and show you, show you what, what we have going on. And um, I refused it at first. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, you know, I'm so interested. You don't even know, but I don't want to be another North American person just coming down and swooping in on your mm-hmm. on what you got going on and um, she's like no 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 like we we need you to come and mm. and I went mm. so after the whole fiasco with Cafe Gratitude you know I went to Peru and um, went into the jungle and got eaten alive by mosquitoes <laughs> and met a lot of really really beautiful plants um, yeah and just had a lot of a lot of insight and clarity and humbling healing happen mm-hmm. yeah wow. yeah but it was great yeah yeah love traveling love traveling by myself you yeah. know so really this is, fun this is all by yourself mm-hmm. these days just i mean mm-hmm. that's that's i think that's great yeah it's like I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I feel like I'm squeamish for traveling alone and, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's just, it's cool. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, there's so much that I could say about that experience. Um, 
But ultimately, yeah, it just helped give me more context into why, you know, yeah, again, like being a teenager and being kind of irreverent and seeing what happens in dead show parking lots and not all of a sudden having a having a cultural context around um, working with plants and rites of passage and initiation. I mean, that's really it really gave me a foundation from which to continue my study of that because I was studying that and I wrote my old college thesis about that and but it was all out of books yeah you know and then all of a sudden I was like this is still living and experiential yeah and needs to be held in a good way because it was this was right around the time where that whole kind of ecotourism was Mm -hmm. it was just before that started kind of popping off and yeah people started coming back to the bay area and having ceremonies in their you know kitchen and whatever weird weird vibes (laughs) right right and so that's the there's a lot there i understand so there's a lot there yeah yeah um and then coming back so you came to the back to the bay area and um i know you were like you were working in a tea shop a tea shop Uh uh-huh um after like is that after this kind of like doing that and it was do more studies and yeah and and it was interesting too because around that time you know i had um connected in with some people who i i thought i really wanted to be connected in with this whole kind of psychedelic academia Mm -hmm. click in the bay area yeah so i started seeking those people out and going to the conferences and eventually you know befriended one of these one of these people and was invited to start participating and and like oh do you want to you know come with us to Burning Man and lecture on the same stage Terrence McKenna lectured at and yeah yeah needless to say um I got pretty jaded mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. especially after yeah some of my experiences I just felt like there's no way in heck that I could do this for personal gain and personal gain alone. And that's what I saw a lot of the the um, kind of, yeah, entheogen stuff in the Bay Area looking like was like, oh, yeah, we're going to try and get this substance decriminalized. But really, you know, every weekend we're partying, like just enjoying it for fun, even though we're trying to get it used for this sort of as like a treatment for addiction. And mm-hmm. to me, it's like, well, that's you know that's not how my elders when I study you know was studying with these different people I'm like that's not how they work they work with plants they don't Mm -hmm. use plants to treat like allopathy where it's like let's just treat this this western problem Mm -hmm. you know it's plants are to connect with your ancestors Mm -hmm. these plants yeah you know the plants are to be part of the living matrix (laughs) yeah not to use for like ego and recreation on the weekends necessarily the, the really the real world wide web the real um so there was just a lot of stuff bubbling up from that time mm-hmm. and it took me a while to kind of find my footing when really i did in retrospect i did go to the bay area looking for community yeah. around that yeah and i ended up realizing that i had to look you know i had to look inward more than i had to look outward and really decide how I wanted to relate to that kind of terrain. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but it, it got it got weird. <laughs> it got weird, and it got great, and it got weird, and I got great, and I met so many interesting people, and just kept um, trying to find people that I appreciated what they were doing and saying like how can I be in service yeah you, you know you want me to wash you want me to wash all your tincture bottles yes <laughs> and, yeah and things started happening yeah yeah so you're basically you know you had this path moving forward and uh just kind of like you got like this leapfrogging and moving ahead here into your in your path and then well, I'm leapfrogging beyond, almost beyond what I could even conceive of. Because, like, mm. I remember when I was working at that restaurant. That's like leap toting. Yeah. <laughs> when I was ribbit. Yeah. Broke. Um, when, when I was when I was working at that restaurant, I remember I was talking about rosemary to one of my coworkers, and this guy came up to me who was a frequent customer there, and he's like, "Well, you know, Rosemary's partner plant is Bay." And I was like, "What?" Oh. You know, and we started talking and. The bay leaf. Bay yeah, trees. The, bay, the bay trees. And yeah. we start talking. That you put in your soup, everyone. That's right. But That's there's right. more to it. There's more to the bay. There's more to the bay, the bay, bay. But um, <laughs> long story short, I ended up studying with him for four years. Wow. Um, and and he his background was in um, druid magic and druid herbalism. Mm-hmm. So I ended up studying with him for four years. Then all of a sudden... He leads me to this herbalist who has a really big practice in the Bay Area. That's who I started volunteering watching tincture bottles for, just so I could hear what he would talk about and and kind of get a grip on, like, what does it look like to have an apothecary and yeah. a clinical herbal practice. And yeah. ended up being his first employee. And then from there, I got introduced to this man named Chuck, Charles Garcia, ended up being his apprentice for two years, Chuck. Mm. Um, and he... He is a very controversial, awesome character. Um, love you, Chuck. Uh, but yeah, he taught controversial, go- like um, he. Oh, just you know, he has the or had the um, California School of Traditional Hispanic Herbalism. Okay. And people would always be like, Hispanic is you know you don't say that word. Mm. Hispanic, you know, you're are you you know Mexican? Like, do you or do you want to identify as part? You know colonized by Spaniards and his his whole background was history I mean he's an herbal practitioner but his whole background was history and studying with Chuck he said look I'm a product of both hmm. I'm a product of all these things and yeah. he was very matter of fact about it and he was a tr- he is a true historian and that's where I realized that so much of my interest in herbalism was actually about ceremony and rites of passage and history and understanding how everything connects and how did you know how did the plant time get to California and like what's the story what did the how do the plants tell the story of the people because Simon Garfunkel was saying about it oh yeah it all- <laughs> <laughs> but of course but yeah it's like what anyway just everything kept leading to another Chuck took me to my first herbal conference because I was like hidden went to my first herbal conference in the southwest oh yeah out here right. fell, fell in love with the southwest yeah um so things were snowballing faster than I could have even imagined. And at the same time, you know, I'm living in San Francisco and always traveling on foot and on bus. Yeah. And I kept, I had this maybe two-year, three-year period where 
I kept being the first person at the scene of some crazy stuff happening on the street. And I felt like mm-hmm. in a way I was being called to level up mm-hmm. my practice, not just for like personal like um, exploration, mm-hmm. but to be helpful in like service. Stuff on the street, like someone losing it, accidents. All of like it. Everything. Mm-hmm. Accidents, heart attacks. Wow. Hit by the Muni, like all different Jeez. things that I saw. Um, and I'd be the first one there. And I was like, wow. well, I guess I'm going to learn about herbal first aid. You know, yeah. I guess maybe I'll like learn about some first responder stuff and maybe I'll like get into this realm of, of understanding how to work with plants. And maybe, you know, it would be cool to think about uh, what does it look like to thrive in a world where I'm not relying on an outer you know, uh, authority to, to do anything. Like maybe we could do it ourselves. So anyway, this, these snowballs kept happening and these things kept unfolding and I kept getting invited into a new kind of terrain of what it meant to be a plant person. Yeah. Yeah. So this it's, there's endless threats. Yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you carry around? Would you have an herbal first aid kit with you? You'd just like be bringing that yeah. out? Of the, yeah. Yeah. So what were some Every of the day. things just like that you'd have in case you ran into something? Powdered yarrow. That's so. That's in my first aid. I have that in my bag. Powdered yarrow. Yarrow's in my bag yeah. all the time. Yeah. Amazing. The, yeah. OSHA <laughs> and yarrow are the two I always Oof. travel with in my bag. Uh-huh. Um Mm-hmm. And so for folks that know this, you know, there might be, there's people maybe listening that are just not herbalists. They don't know what, you know, some of these things are. And mm-hmm. uh, so yarrow, what, what's your, why yarrow? Why do we both have yarrow in our bags? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, why see, do I have it growing right over there? Hey, hello. That's right this, there. And this is where I'm so grateful that a lot of my herbal study started in the kind of ethereal mm. sp- spirit realm and then mm-hmm. kind of started getting funneled into the the like equally as mystic world of phytochemistry and anatomy and physiology but mm-hmm. so yarrow is on the surface level right it's styptic stops bleeding mm-hmm. um and antimicrobial but really you know i learned about yarrow first as a protection plant oh. <laughs> like how what like how like um, something that has this sort of soft and when you look at a yarrow leaf it's kind of got this like nice bushy nature but yet you can see through it so it's this like semi-permeable membrane Mm -hmm. and then the sort of aura of its aroma Mm. does something you know to you mentally but just knowing it as a protection plan and something that's a really important plant historically for women and thinking about menstruation and birthing and birth work and just something that a plant that's so often worked with on edges between crisis and life and death and emergency and emergence yeah you know like so it has this very beautiful kind of edge rider vibe about it but that was yeah one of the first plants that i would keep in my kit, yeah. you know, uh, and always, always I wear a scarf. I always wear, have a scarf or a hanky, you know, yeah. not just for flair, but <laughs> yep. you know, comes in handy. Yes. But things like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what else, what are some other things that were in the kit? Oh man, honey, mm. honey, honey, like a little tiny jar of honey, because like for burns or wound care. Um, but also to eat a little nib of it if someone's blood sugar is going yeah. down, going yeah. down, going down. Um, and this was the thing, too, is Chuck's whole you need, deal. You need, like, the holsters, like, with uh, honey sticks, just like a oh, strap man. of, like, <laughs> ammunition of, like, honey sticks all. <laughs> yeah, that, actually, I love that idea. Yeah. That's the kind of holster we need. Yes. <laughs> but Chuck's whole background, too, was, um, was, um doing like street you know urban uh herbalism you know street herbalism so he would send his students sometimes to like you know he'd be like okay go to richmond which is which is a pretty like rough neighborhood in the east bay in the bay area yeah he'd be like all right here's one dollar i'm gonna drop you off on the other side of town i need you to come back come back to my house and by the time you get here you've been able to make a soup with your first aid kit a soup? Or, like, something like, you know, he'd have these, like, really interesting, like, urban survival challenges. Wow. Nice. <laughs> it's like, with a dollar, you know, like, you go buy a carrot and an onion and then use your candle in your first aid kit to light beneath your little tin that you have and go ask for some water at the McDonald's and <laughs> be able to come back and have a soup, you know? like <laughs> I love that. Um, But that's, so, yeah, that's. I love that. I love that vibe of, of resilience, you know, and mm-hmm. and always being able to make it make it work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Also, I definitely now need a honey holster. Yeah, we gotta get honey. Holster. <laughs> <laughs> um, honey stick holster. Honey stick holster. Anything else that was in there? I'm just so curious. This is. I'm trying to remember what I would keep. I mean, a little knife. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Sure. Um, a candle. I would sometimes have um, those like little rescue remedy candies. Yeah. You know, little little something for trauma. Yeah. If I came across something crazy, I'm like, here, have this candy. Yeah. I'm a stranger giving out. So yeah. see, I've always <laughs> been a stranger candy. giving out candy. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Stuff like that. Yeah, a little balm. Um, yeah, some balm and yeah, some balm. balm. <laughs> and then, so from there, um, we, you got to Tucson then, like four years, five, four, four, five years ago. Yeah, I've been in Tucson for four years. Four years, pretty now. much. Yeah, almost. Uh huh. What brought you here? Woo. Um. My time in the Bay Area had been long finished, and it just took me a while to unhinge, unhinge from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always, since I was a child, I've always had a fascination with the desert. I used to dress up as a cowboy oh. when I was a kiddo. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Like, I had white boots, uh, definitely had the bolo tie. You know, when I was like a kindergartner, yeah. definitely had a bolo tie. It was all about it, all about it. But that kind of love for the Southwest revitalized around t- <laughs> around 2012. Yeah. When I started 
getting really into understanding the history of the Kachinas and trying to understand what that was all about and started getting really into you know southwest archaeology and petroglyphs and i just knew i had mm. to come out here mm-hmm. so it was something just in my heart for a long time and yeah when uh when the time had come to leave the bay area i knew i needed to be out in the desert yeah but i didn't know yeah. where so i just took a road trip out here and drove all around um arizona new mexico colorado just exploring and uh happened to go to this um, herbalism conference and there was a teacher whose style I just became completely enamored by, Kenneth Profrock. So he's a naturopath doctor just north of Phoenix and um, that story is super wild in itself but ended up being invited to... What was that? What happened? Oh God! I ended up being invited to study with him. I'll let some him. of those slip, but I got to hear this Yeah, one yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what happened is um, I knew that part of my journey coming to the Southwest was I really wanted to study about cacti. And part of that was, part of that was like thinking about if I can learn how to grow food and grow herbs in the desert I can learn how to be with plants that live in the most extreme condition then I can be any and I can live and survive anywhere yeah <laughs> yeah so that was like part of that but I always had this thing like I'm here to learn about cacti and uh, at this herb conference Dr. Profrock was teaching this class called magical cacti so I went to this cac- cacti class and blew my mind didn't know what he was going to talk about blew my mind he ended up talking a lot about um the history of peyote and how it's been worked with and how it's being worked with now and he talked about a lot of different aspects of that and putting it a lot in cultural reference and speaking so much about how the ritual change everything and this was around the same time that his um his partner, who I didn't realize at the time, his partner had walked up to me and she's like, "Well, you know, you know, you asked some really interesting questions in class. Like, I should, I'd like to introduce you to Kenneth." And I was like, "Uh, I would love that," but I was kind of <laughs> nervous because everyone swamp, you know, storms yeah. him at the end of a talk. So she introduces him to me and she's like, "Kenneth, this is this is Ash. Um, she'd like to uh, study with you." And I was like, "What?" You know, I didn't say any of that. She's like, "She'd like to study with you. Do you think we could get her in um, starting starting this this autumn?" And he was like, "Nice to meet you. It sounds great." <laughs> and I didn't even ask, wow. you know. But yeah. of course, so I get out of that class and I get a text message that my grandpa had just passed away. Oh wow! And it was really powerful because what do they call a peyote cactus? grandfather yeah right so there was this really interesting thing where i felt like grandpa saw like passed the torch through the cacti to be like all right here's the go like you you know live somewhere around this guy so you could study with him and Mm -hmm. um and i did not want to live in phoenix so tucson yeah you know and there's more to why tucson came up (laughs) but yeah that's definitely a big part of the story and I'm really, 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 really lucky <laughs> that yeah. opportunity arose. Yeah. So what were you focusing when with studying? Because that's kind of when I met you, you know, you, um, being at the herb store and then just hearing like, oh, you're going up to study you know, this weekend, this week, going. What was 
was that like with uh with dr p yeah i honestly was so intimidated (laughs) i felt like a fish out of water because um basically i just i was shadowing him in his office and he trusted me to come in and sit in with clients with patients yeah so i just be by his side Mm-hmm. And listen to his conversations he had with his patients, and then go back into his you know private office room, and we would talk about you know he'd be like this is you know this is why I chose this formula for them, and this is what I'm thinking, and da da da. But he would also pose questions to me, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. But you know he's not just working with herbs; he's working with all these kind of naturopathic supplements and things. And again, you yeah. know, I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know all these, what all of this means, but that's what I've always thrived on is putting myself in places where it kind of made me grow, you know? Yeah. Out of the comfort yeah. zone a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I remember the first day I went up to shadow him, he was like, he was like, all right, we're going to take this blood sample and we're going to spill it, spin it down in the centrifuge and then we're going to do this and we're going to make this nasal spray. And I was just like, whoa, I hope that he keeps me around because I don't understand this at all. And, and eventually, you know, um, it was really it was really amazing. And this is the thing whenever people ask me, they're like, how'd you get into herbalism? And do you think I should go to an herb school? And I'm like, you know, when all is said and done, the most I've learned is from just bearing witness to people and how they do their thing and then asking really good questions whenever I can ask really good questions, which usually end up being more about the philosophical nature than like why, what the chemistry of this plan is and why this and that. So Dr. P and I would, I would just ask him questions like, how do you, how do you talk to somebody about addiction? Or like, how do you, you know, how do you deal with going home and, and bearing the weight of all these stories that you've heard all day? And that side of things is more just his way of being. Yeah. Which is always the thing with, with teachers for me is, you know, it's more the way of being that's going to stick. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember all the technical blah, 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 even if I took notes. Like, yeah, that's just baggage. What I really learned is how they are as their heart and their how they connect with people and but yeah i was going up there driving up there for two years wow it was amazing wow it's <laughs> amazing i'm so lucky it is it's great it's, <laughs> so yeah just what you're saying here about you know you are addressing it and i know you know the constituents of these plants and what's I going on so you do you do know all that <laughs> i do <laughs> and you also are looking at this other side of it, the energetics of the plants yeah and how is it working with in relationship to the person and the holistic view of this person in relation to what is creating dis-ease in their life mm-hmm. and um, how can these plants you know have traditionally been used to um, connect the worlds that's the that's it that's the ticket it's like my curiosity has always been about like gathering info from all the versions of how this could look yeah and especially you know as someone like I wasn't initiated by um, an ancestral well I, in some ways but you know it's like my mom wasn't an herbalist mm-hmm. my grandma wasn't an herbalist although my grandma was a very amazing cook uh-huh. which has its own yeah but um, what, so kind of feel, co- what kind of cook oh gosh grandma Genia yeah from Poland because um, we both have that Polish 
ancestry. Polish. Everything was, yeah. yeah. Grandma Genia and Grandpa and Grandpa were from uh, Chestahova, which yeah. is where the Black Madonna, oh, one yeah. of the Black Madonnas is, yeah. which is a whole other cool story. But um, Grandma made everything from scratch. Yeah. Every single thing, you know? So that that's the lineage that I was initiated into is the scratch made you know you measure with your eyes and you measure with your taste buds and yeah. now that I'm an herbalist I'm like oh yeah we call that organoleptic you know testing right. but right but that's what they were just doing that's like, the way I had a so I don't remember her but my great grandmother Busha she was straight Busha. from Poland and yeah in uh, the farmlands of uh, north western Pennsylvania out near Erie where yeah. my dad's from and um we had the same birthday, and oh my there's gosh. a picture I have in here in my my room of her holding me with my dad. <laughs> and so she would just grow all these plants and have you know uh-huh. have them all stored up on you know. And it was just that was it. That was the way. That's the it way. It's like that's what her. Uh, so she was growing everything. She grew growing food and grow you know herbs and yep. you know medicines. And yeah. Well, and grandma, I remember. Rumianic chamomile. Mm. That was her plant. Oh. Rumianic. Yeah. Um, that was her plant, you know? That was always there. Yeah. So, um. Wow. What was that? What would she use for? I mean, because I love, like, I love chamomile. I've yeah. been drinking it a lot lately. Yeah. With uh, stressors that have been coming up. Uh huh. And, like, <laughs> it's funny because from my time, and I'm. I, I know my way around with plants just because I've been at the herb store, you know, I yeah, partnered yeah. with Amanda for all this time. Um, yeah. I worked there for a long time. I, uh, I know a good amount, but it's like, I kind of, you know, at a certain point you're like, oh, okay, I'm a male, you know, it's just like, that's, it's like celestial seasonings kind of stuff, you know, right. you're just like, oh, it's just whatever. And coming around to it recently, it's like so powerful and such it an is. amazing plant it is like i'm surprised at how powerful it is you know just like when i really look mm-hmm. at it you know what are your thoughts on that yeah like just fucking <laughs> chamomile chamomile it's the gate it's the gateway workshop and chamomile oil. yeah the gateway plant it's the gateway plant it's <laughs> like the it's one of those touchstones where someone's weirded out by it's herbs. real safe. You're like, you can eat chamomile. You can yeah. order chamomile at the coffee shop. Yeah, that's the safe zone. It is. It's the gateway. And then, uh, you know, and that's one of the things, too, where, you know, you make, if you make it in a tea bag, blah, 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 chamomile tea, but then all of a sudden this world starts opening up where, oh, what if you infuse it in oil? Or, oh, what if I steep it overnight? And all mm. of a sudden it becomes a little bit more bitter. Yeah. And that sort of the natural curiosity, because I've always been curious and I've always been willing to experiment on myself which is i don't necessarily condone that publicly to everyone but (laughs) well in that spirit right in that spirit um chamomile for example it's like oh yeah what if you steep it for five minutes what if you steep it for overnight yeah you have two different animals you know what if i work with it in an oil what if i work with it topically for pink eye i mean it's one of the best things yeah i Um, have so here's something with styes i've had a few styes over the past few years yeah yeah i put steep some chamomile Mm -hmm. i put a little poultice on and it's gone in five or ten minutes yeah it's just completely gone it's happened every time so I should put that in their herbal first aid, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and I think there's something powerful about 
working with plants that have been in our memory banks, our smell memory banks, and yeah. our ancestral memory banks. Yeah. Um, there's a whole kind of feel, you know, the re- morphic resonance field or whatever you want to call it. There's a whole field that comes with that, whether it's chamomile or whether it's like the, you know, ancestral food, the food I grew up eating from grandma. Yeah. You know, and similarly to how that whole grandpa transmission through the cactus thing happened, the grandma, grand, when grandma passed away, was right around the time that I sort of by happenstance got a job as a cook. Aha. Uh-huh. Which yeah. started my cooking journey. Right. And so here's yeah. another thing. You're an incredible cook. I mean, I've Ooh. had some of the stuff in some of the classes you were doing at the herb store. Thank you. Herbal um, broths and soups. Like, amazing. And so <laughs> that, so really that's like kind of coming in from your grandmother. It's definitely coming, coming in from line. grandma. Yeah. It's coming in from grandma and it's coming in from my pop on my dad's side. Pop, who's oh. like my one of my greatest yeah. pinnacle people in my heart um yeah because pop was an amazing cook too yeah high grade in fact my nana and pop wrote a cookbook really that never got published Wow. so i plan on secrets out but i plan on writing a cookbook just to like kind of for me and for them yeah you know do you have um, their cookbook do you have it my dad uh one of the family members has these like lost things the record and the cookbook it's yeah it's cool yeah the arc <laughs> yeah <laughs> no they wrote a cookbook i think it was called delight stuff delight stuff <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was really cute you know it was like health so they were on this whole thing of like you know their version of healthy food they wrote yeah. this cookbook anyway so um cooking i got this job as a cook and long story short you know i'd been training in the plant world yeah and all of a sudden I get this job as a cook and I'm vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So in a cafe, that's definitely not vegetarian. And thank goodness. Thank you, Kay Bacante, the owner of this cafe. He's a beautiful person, by the way. But um, long story short, he let me start cooking all the soups of whatever recipes I wanted to create. Oh, he, nice. I, I gave him one. I gave him one. And I was like, what do you think of this? And when he liked it, he's like, okay, go for it. Ugh. He gave me full, kind of like on a similar note with Amanda, your partner, when I was like, I really want to teach, but, you know, I, I'm kind of nervous about it. And she's like, go for it. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. Yep. You can do whatever classes you want. Got the so, green light. Got the green light. So, <laughs> but I started, when I started cooking at this cafe, I was the soup mama. Oh. And that's when I started experimenting with herbal recipe. Mm cookery to the public yeah and i'd be like yeah i'm gonna make this amazing vegetable soup and there are nettles in the broth yes or like yeah i'm gonna make this uh you know really weird kind of plantain that was my most famous soup was this plantain like quinoa bell pepper situation plantain leaf Plant? Oh no no the the plantain the the, the banana f- okay, banana's yeah. friend yeah yeah ooh Banana's I should have put plantain leaf in it though it's interesting yeah but you know where I'd add <laughs> yeah. an epizote and yeah. then I'd have like a little I'd make like a little sign on the counter that was like epizote and <sighs> nice. started kind of playing with that whole thing and yeah ended up becoming ended up becoming a personal chef mm-hmm. 
few people were like, we love your soups, will you make us extra soup? And ended up becoming a personal chef. Then I was like, well, what if I custom tailored the food to your health needs? So I would do essentially like a consult, an herbal consult, and then work the herbs into their food. Nice. And it was in the Bay Area, that was easy to do, you know? It was like cooking for tech bros. Of course, yeah, the tech bros. (laughs) <laughs> the young tech bros giving them some herbal broths. They and want it. They need. They need it. Mm-hmm. They're they're bio. They're life hacking, biohacking <laughs> themselves. They are to get the most productive amount. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> if the but soup's yeah, gonna like, help them program, they're gonna do it. Turning people onto nopal cactus for the yeah. first time and things like this, where yeah, I just had this. It was in my bones. You yeah. know, I just felt especially, and that was around when Grandma passed, so it felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and a way that people would be down for it. Because not everyone's down to take um, bitters no. tincture. No, not everyone is, but they should. Because it's yeah. so good. You need bitter stuff, everyone. Yeah, bitters Have are bitter cool. stuff. Bitters are good for you. The missing link. It, do you think they're the missing link? <laughs> in the standard American diet. Yeah, we don't do oh, yeah. bitter stuff. It's no, like no. an aversion to it, and yet it's like so good for your digestion. Yeah. Your heart. Yeah. Yeah, and and all this whole cascade of things happen when we eat the bitters. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about these. I'm going to have one of these right now. This is an interesting one. Let's talk about this for a sec. Oh, you my brought gosh. this. What is this? One of my what favorite. Am I, what am I about to eat? One, one of my favorite things ever. Doing it. I'll have one, too. There it is. It's in my mouth. Shazandra. Shazandra berries. Shazandra berries. The ultimate Willy Wonka taste mm. experience of, <laughs> you know. It has every flavor. Five flavor. I've heard six. six. What's the sixth flavor? Isn't sixth? there like a sixth flavor? Like a... Isn't there like an elusive sixth flavor? There's always an elusive extra number, <laughs> right? But like 12, there's like 12 <laughs> astrological signs, but really there's 13. Right, right. Or there's, you know, because, but 13 scary, so we're not going right. to talk about that. 13, yeah. Can't, can't there's always there. the hidden, the hidden number. in the esoteric numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but these are like, so it has all the flavors. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> you roll it around and you taste it all. Whew. It's really good for your adrenals. Sure. It's good, uh. Uh, it's an adaptogen, <laughs> right? So this is like, in layman's terms, just helps to work with your system for what you need, such as, this is what I know, I should ch- chime in with anything you have to add oh, with yeah. Shazandra, but I've always heard, you know, like, you're a little, feeling a little tired, you have a Shazandra. You're too hyped up, have a little Shazandra, mm-hmm. right? So you, it can work with that. Adapt as you go. Sure. Well, this is the thing about our relationship with our senses, right? Like we've been coddled. <laughs> a lot of us, at least if, you know, we grew up in a standard, whatever this means, the standard American, whatever version of that, you know, we're coddled, right? Even to the point where like how we've chosen to breed out lettuce. Because yeah. the old, you know, yeah. wild lettuce is a very bitter plant. Right. But now we have like romaine. Yeah. Yeah, romaine. <laughs> that, yeah. that romaine lettuce. So Yeah. So the the iceberg, right? Oh God, iceberg. Been in a long time. Oh yeah, kind of miss it in a way. Iceberg was the only lettuce I remember we could find in Wisconsin for a long time. How times have changed. Yeah, right, right. Now how how times have changed, but um, 
the, the, the profoundness of experiencing all the flavors or mm-hmm. all the smells or the fullness of our senses. Yeah. So Shazandrum reminds me of that because it, it allows us to be all of a sudden in really immediate relationship with sweet, sour, salty, pungent, bitter, like acrid, like, whoa, yeah. what the heck is going on? And I think in that moment with our taste buds of what the heck is going on, it recenters us. It recalibrates us emotionally. It's like one of my favorite things to bring back to center. Like Dr. P always said, it's astringent to the spirit, mm. which I love that. I like that. Yeah. But especially, yeah, if there's any kind of um, traumatic brain injury or even just for those of us that, like myself, that can get really like, like even right now, I'm like, oh, what's that? What's that uh, shiny thing over there? You know, like yeah. Shazandra's really good at um. The sense is really snapping us into that sort of central, yeah, central place, and um, I feel like it definitely does a little like zoop. You know, zoop definitely does a zoop. zoop. It gets a gets a zoop going for you. Very zoopy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a whole heap of stuff about you know, great yeah. for the great for the lungs, great for liver function. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, we could talk for an hour about Shazandra Berry, but it's you know it's something. For days about Shazandra. Oh man, I mean it's something that I love. (laughs) When I was doing the, so when we actually once upon a time when there are in person classes, Mm -hmm. um, I was doing. Thank you, thank you, Amanda Brown. I was doing (laughs) classes at Tucson Herb Store in person, and I started by doing an herbal cooking class every month. Yeah, one of my favorite things ever was giving people their first Shazandra berry. Oh my being gosh. like, oh, you want to try something different? Yeah. And just kind of watching. And yeah. I've heard I've heard people say that it's kind of like um, a litmus test. You know, mm. seeing how someone reacts to it and what they taste first will kind of tell you about oh. what's happening in their body or their oh. mind. Yeah. So again, this is like... What's the dominant flavor and what's going on from that? Like, yeah, it's scientific yeah. method, just not, mm. you know, not in a lab, not in a white coat. But it's like, oh, yeah, I taste sour first. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, you know, yeah. are you salivating more? Maybe your digestion's going to improve, you know? That's pretty cool. On and on and on. So it's like these little things that we can do. Yeah. Detective work and s- the scientific method and experimentation, but through like lived experience yeah so anyway that's why i love shisandra berry but that's why i love food just like chamomile food in itself like if i can make something delicious yeah i can always slip in nettles or i can always slip in shisandra eve i made shisandra truffles once and people were like these are amazing what's this all about yeah what's happening here so, N- nettles are amazing. I mean, we have them all over our yard now because of yeah. like one batch that got in, and now they're you know they come up every yeah. year. And I just let them go. I take some, I dry them out. I mm-hmm. have a stock of tea, and then I do a lot that I'm just letting fresh. And then it's oat oh, soup time, and mm-hmm. snip them off. Um, Love them. It's it's Love great. Them. It's so good. They're just they're really great. And I, and mm-hmm. just telling back to what you said there with like trusting your lived experience I think is really important yeah. and something that um, I think like I think it's really great for folks to be able to get back in touch with that part of themselves mm-hmm. and you know know that you have you do have the answers in you and um, you can trust what your your experience is and learning more of that you know get your get in touch with yes. your gut instinct and um following that a little more you know in in times of 
everything's at our disposal, you know, because I'm guilty of it. I, like, I look at, can't think of something, I look it up. Mm-hmm. And although that's amazing, it also can detract from sometimes being able to just, like, go in and, like, okay, I, I got that, I know that. I mean, sure, you want to know what uh, Tom Cruise's birthday is. Well, look it up. <laughs> Talked about Tom Cruise before the episode. Me talking about him. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to put that in you, Ash. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't I'll, know about that guy. Yeah, I'll take full credit for uh, my love of Tom Cruise. Oh wow! And, uh, I had no idea. Yeah, that can be something people can challenge me on. That I've I've converted some people um, to to at least acknowledging yes. I can dig Tom Cruise. Have you seen the fake? Have you seen the fake Tom Cruise on? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know what you call that through some sort of AI technology. Yeah, the deep fakes. Can, the deep, deep fakes fake, they do. Yeah. Deep fake Tom Cruise. Stuff. Yeah. Start to mess more. Even their you faces. too could morph into Tom Cruise. <sighs> yes. Anyone can, morph, <laughs> anyone can morph into their Tom Cruise. But, oh no. But yeah, just getting back to you know, okay. like everything's there. I can look it up, and then it's really important to also build that muscle of like yeah. you know hey I know this I like this this will be good this will be good for me I can feel that I can get to know this part of me that and there's a time and a place for everything right mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. why like I engage with plants the way I do like why it's equally as important for me to go into looking at how a naturopathic doctor works with herbs to looking at how my grandma or my some of my you know indigenous teachers work with herbs and being able to find a common thread because yeah. there's always a common thread yeah and 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 sometimes there's not but you know what there's a time and a place for everything and the empowering experience of being uh yeah full spectrum living yeah you know full spectrum living and especially in a time where you know we are being corralled for better and for worse to be more digitally minded and mm-hmm. um so yeah, I love I love the just kind of trying whatever I can and how I share about herbs to just reinforce that relation it's a relational thing and a relationship with body, mind, landscape, birds, plant trees, clouds, rocks. I mean, it's all ancestors. It's all kind of a we're all relations and yeah. and how I can relate to my body instead of just being a, a talking head, uh, you know, or the, yeah, running through in my caffeinated kind of <laughs> whatever the, yeah. the version of reality that's, that's being put out there, how people want to get their coin, make their, you know, make their living. How people can, uh, Get their uh, nab- nabble up their bitcoins. Oh yeah. What um. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Invisible, the invisible visible. Yeah, I like that. We <laughs> talked about that recently. Like how much we are. Um. <sighs> how much we are being able to put the trust in the invisible worlds right now mm-hmm. and. <laughs> how much that's a part of our lives and the ha- it's kind of amazing you know that yeah. there is this time and place that is like the the invisible is becoming so much more real and mm-hmm. um you know i just it's like well yeah interesting what other doors open from that you know for people to start to really uh connect with with other 
invisibles. Exactly. It's so, <laughs> that makes sense. Which, you know. by the way, I just all I'll say is, who's read that graphic novel? And I won't say anything more about it. The Invisibles. I haven't read that. <gasps> Ugh. Ooh. Ugh. Just another post-apocalyptic superhero tale. Cool. Um. Yes. Yeah, you know, and that's the funny thing about the nature of all this, whether it's talking about plants and what do plants, uh, what are plants all about, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's levels and layers and density, different, like, kind of densities to it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the same with the invisible stuff, like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all this is this invisible currency, yet the lower density like visible aspect of it is like servers in the middle of the sea right you know so there's always these layers and levels to it but but yeah just there is this desire i think there's this inherent desire to lean into the invisible that we've deprived ourselves of so much in western culture for so long that now it's got it it's deciding to creep in as as cell phones and Mm -hmm. And Zoom and Bitcoin, but it's all kind of speaking to that essence of yeah, trusting trusting the unseen. Yeah. Soon we'll have replicators like Star Trek and just <sighs> Star <laughs> Trek. Yeah, well, we're on in Star Trek, but yeah. the love of uh, Star Trek, all Star yeah. Trek, pop, mainly next gen. Next so gen. That's the one, and uh, it is. It is. That's just. Go watch it. People who are listening have not watched Star Trek Next Generation. Please. Especially now. Especially yeah. now. Because so much of what they spoke to is now really becoming in our faces. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. Amazing. It's I know. So good. Well, I don't, you know, I never, since, never really, even, you know, before... You know, since teenagehood, I've never lived with the TV, really. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to engage in. I love sci-fi and the kind of, like, future visioning. And yeah. That's, I think, what really draws me in about Star Trek is this future visioning and spirit of exploration and the spirit of curiosity. Because curiosity is my driving force in everything I do, whether it's music, whether it's plants, whether it's this, that, and the other. I don't... It's all about... That's what keeps me going, Yeah, being curious. And Star Trek is yeah. one of those things where it's like, wow, what would it be like to meet another, uh, you know, in, in some other being from another place and what would it look like to do no harm? What would it look like to engage with totally different taboos and yeah. ways of seeing, ways of eating, and on and on and on. Ways yeah. of communicating. What's right and wrong. Oh my god, Star Trek is it's amazing. the best. It's an amazing, like, yeah, the moral and ethical compass that's built uh-huh. into that show and the stories. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, so I want to hear just a, uh, want to hear about Candy of the Month Club. Oh yeah, <laughs> go from Star Trek to that. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing this Candy of the Month Club right now. Yeah. And it's incredible. I've had many Aww. of those candies. Thank you. Over the past couple of years, really. Yeah. The last one you just brought was um, a caramel, and it was like yes, cashew hibiscus. Um. 
Hun- honey? Or was there no honey? What no honey. A uh, pink peppercorn. Pink peppercorn. And strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I mean, this is like the best candies, you know. Dang, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so what? how's that been? Like, what's... It's been, I know it's a lot of work, and um, it's a huge amount of work, but it's like the ultimate labor of love. Yeah, it yeah. speaks to so much of. It's secretly such a deep. It's secretly such a deep statement. Yeah. But on the surface, it's like here, have something delicious, you know. Right. Surprise, but <laughs> secretly, <laughs> but like secretly, it's such a deep thing, and it actually was. It was another one of those things where it was sort of born on accident, in a way. I mean, I was doing these herbal cooking classes. And I did an herbal ice cream Sundays class. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that? I do. I, w- I didn't get to go, but I remember you did that, and it's like, I wish I'd been there. <laughs> well, I have visions of, like, you know, at some point having a herbal ice cream Sunday social party. Ice cream Sunday social. It's a social. Yeah, definite, <laughs> definitely. But um, I did this herbal ice cream Sundays class, and I brought, you know, I made a homemade ice cream, and. Oh. And, um,. I just kind of like what was, what was in it. What was the- yeah? I choose ingredients based on seasonality, and I always want to feature something either that's locally popping off or something that speaks to the season that we're in, and maybe how its medicine way is beneficial in the spring. Or so mm. I made this is peach season. I'm a freak for peaches, and yeah. um, I made this peach ice cream. And then I was like, okay, well, I got to have all the fixins. So I'm going to make like a chocolate fudge. And I think I made like a turkey tail, turkey tail, like fudge sauce. And then I made this caramel and I made the caramel. This was my secret. I made the caramel with peach leaves. It also had some other stuff, but um, I made this caramel with peach leaves because a lot of people don't know that peach leaf is an incredible, one of my favorite um, herbal buddies, Mm. beautiful medicine. And, um, people flipped out for this caramel sauce and i remember like i saw people you know when people are at like a potluck and they start mm. kind of hoarding something and mm-hmm. i started feeling kind of protective over this jar of caramel <laughs> sauce so there was this like whole energy around this jar of caramel where i was trying to like make sure everyone got enough because some people were going crazy with the sauce and the so- they were hitting the sauce they were hard really going for it and i was feeling like a security guard on the caramel sauce and and I remember somebody said, like, hey, would you ever, you know, like, sell me a jar of this caramel sauce? And I was like, yeah, I guess, sure, you know. And yeah, I thought I had put my personal chef days behind me, so I was a little bit apprehensive. And then again, I remember I did a, I did a medicinal mushrooms cooking class, and I made caramels. Because of this whole caramel vibe, I made candy cap mushroom caramels mm. with sassafras. Oh, my gosh. I also love and then I put a picture of it on Instagram. This is how it all starts, right? Yeah. Put a picture of it on Instagram. <laughs> and then a bunch of people were freaking out that I've never met before. They were like, it's hey. A, it's a candy gram. It was a, yeah, it became this this thing. <laughs> yeah. People were like, would you sell me some? And I said, okay. And then I, you were actually, Bradford, you were one of the first people I told my idea to where I was oh. like, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this candy subscription service called yeah, Candy of the Month Club. Yes. And it was born really out of this whole caramel vibe. Um, but yeah, it's been over a year. And I make a different candy every month. Yeah. And I do a hand-doodled zine because I love the spirit of 
doodling and scribing and um, <laughs> nonlinear sort of sort of like fun note taking. So that's part of what comes with the candy club. But it's really also like a like a um, I don't know, not to sound too woo-woo, but I feel like I try and gather up some sort of energetic prayer with the plants that I choose. Yeah. And whatever the candy is about is something that I'm just trying to, like, put out there in the world. And it's in relationship with the seasons and what's blooming and how we're blooming and how we can stay resilient. Mm. It just felt like the right thing to do, too, in... um, you know, I got into it before all of this stuff started happening in the world, you know, pre-pandemic, but just it felt like such a powerful offering to make to keep providing some kind of sweetness, consistent sweetness in people's life and in my own life Yeah. in the face of not necessarily sweet yeah. societal context. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it has a lot of meaning infused into it, besides being like the gateway yeah. to being curious about plant, plant herbal ways. Yeah, smart. Yeah, smart, uh, skillful means there to get them in. Surprise! Yeah, <laughs> Surprise. Sneak a little you've been sneaky. herbed. You've been herbed. <laughs> yeah. So that's I, that. Can, can people? Um, and I'll I'll link where people can like get that and everything. Thank if, you. Yeah, because that would be great. You got to do it, people. Come on. It's amazing. We're yeah. subscribed right now, so uh, please do. You're not going to regret it. It's all Thank worth you. every penny, <laughs> every shiny penny. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big labor of love. Yeah. Um, I have a, a, a email list. Yeah. Every month, I just once a month, you know, nothing crazy, but once a month, I send out a little little love note and say, "Hey, this is the candy I'm making this month, and mm-hmm. here's a class that I may or may not be teaching," and yeah. People can find that on um, that info. We'll link it here. And linked. You'll have it all. Look at the links. Link Check out here. the links so you can see everything that Ash is up to. Linky. Yeah. Linky. <laughs> um, and then. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple questions to, to before we go. This is yeah. definitely going to pivot a, a bit. Um, good, good. What's your favorite or what was your favorite toy growing up? This is something oh I ask God. everybody. You know, this is tend to be almost everyone. I think I missed one or two guests, but your favorite your favorite toy. Wow. Oh, that's actually a really hard thing to answer. I love drawing. Um, you yeah. know what I actually loved doing was I did this thing where I would I don't know how I got this idea, but I would leave crayons out in the sun yeah. until they got kind of melty. <laughs> And then I would kind of do these weird drawings with them. Nice. Crayon. Like mi- mixed colors and then yeah. do these. I don't know. Crayons? That's perfect. <laughs> That's great. That's a great answer. Crayons. And Crayons. honestly, I did have a little like cassette thing that I could record on. And I would do. The Fisher do, Price thing? Yeah. But yeah. Oh and my I would gosh. do like, like radio shows <sighs> with wow. myself. Nice. Like little do you have any? Psychosis. Do you still have any of those? I wonder. Psychosis, Charles, psychosis <laughs> little psychosis. radio show. Um, they could very well be somewhere in my dad's storage unit, and I don't know. Interviewing your invisible friends. That's right. The invisible. 
Yeah, there. that's right. Come back for that. Or like the play-by-play of cleaning my room. I remember yes. I would do that. <laughs> and now for this for this next feature. <laughs> like, yeah. I found a cassette of me because I did the same thing. Fisher Price. I remember it was a brown Fisher Price. You know, one of the recorders. Mm-hmm. I found one this past summer, and it was like. It was one of the was me getting in trouble because I think I was like obviously doing something and like I've gotten in trouble trying from to them like too. record and while somebody and my yes. dad was like I just well, can you say sorry <laughs> I was like I'm sorry busted <laughs> um, another th- another question here last one is uh, favorite movie of all time oh wow that's funny I could talk about music all day and all night but I know I th- I, just, I realized while we were doing the show I was like I probably want to add another like favorite album. Of all time, oh it's kind of these couple of questions, but like, I mean, it's okay. You could say movie. No, I'll think of a movie album. But if you think I'll of, a think movie, of a movie. I mean, or like one that was inspiring or something. Gosh, see, I overthink these things too. Yeah. So I'm like, how could I choose one? There are categories. Yeah, I love um, um, uh, all the Miyazaki yes. movies. For yeah. sure, for sure. Especially, like, yeah, Spirited Away. Um, but I didn't, you know, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind was the first one I saw. I didn't see that till I was in college. Yeah. But, uh... That's an older kid movie. <laughs> some movies that stand out. Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. Brazil. Yeah. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that just came up with a guest a couple guests ago. I think really? The Eric Wagner, who's, he said Brazil. Yeah. That's a trippy one. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's great. Um, so people will know where to find you. I'm going to link some things. And anything else you want to just, like, throw out as far as, you know, check me out, look at me. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Man, I'm just, I'm just so grateful, you know. I'm just so grateful because so much of this meandering path has been off the grid and I purposefully didn't I didn't know I didn't think I wanted it to be on the grid for a long time yeah so I'm just really humbled to now bop onto the grid and be met so kindly and and yeah and to be um you know for the past like I guess officially consistently like three years I've been teaching classes and um Honestly, I just, I'm trying to give voice because now it's like herbalism is trending now. And this is something Amanda and I talk about a lot where it's like, we got into this <laughs> when it was still really weird, you know, yeah. and it wasn't as uh, as cool to like do it. So, so now that it's becoming like kind of a whatever hashtag e thing, I really want to try and give voice to a different kind of angle and a different kind of perspective on the plants than what I see being out there right now so <laughs> just the pound sign pound, I know <laughs> I wish I would remember the tone of it I know Boop. yeah on it had a very keypad. distinct tone on the t- yeah do, 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 do. Um, but yeah anything I want to say I'm just really grateful that that people are are like down to engage with me in 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 my perspective in my process and as I've like revealed myself into the onto the digital yeah. terrain and um, anything I want to say, yeah, just 
no matter what's going on out there, you know, nature is resilient and will always find a way. And the more I feel like we can align with that movement and rhythm, the more that we can hang in there and do do beautiful things no matter what. So Yeah. That's uh that's where my heart is at in all of this is just aligning with that rhythm of life and feeling creative, curious. Yeah, maybe even empowered. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Thanks yeah. so much, Ash. That's right. Oh gosh. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> great having you here thanks for yeah engaging the 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 poor infused rambles i feel great (laughs) yeah me too feels great (laughs) oh nice all right take care i'll see you soon okay bye (laughs) that was fun 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 and i'm still a little um i realized i was like shaking a little bit towards the end and i think that was the puer tea and the ginkgo tea I had. I had had one on either side and was just going for it. <laughs> we, we, uh, yeah, we were, we were, def- we definitely were drinking. We were drinking our teas, our respective teas there. And how about those sound effects that were coming in out there? They just seemed to really be right on cue with what we were talking about, the content we were talking about, and Ash's storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to check out the Purple Majesty music. I'm going to look for that. I mean, gosh, Ramones. I got to see the Ramones twice, and that's a that's definitely a highlight of my concert-going experience. I got to see their last tour, and, uh, oh, so good. I was at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia, and it was just like this blast of, you know, you could just tell they've been doing this for, 30 years I guess yeah about 30 years that was cool but yeah really fun talking to Ash and um and hearing these really amazing um studies and explorations that she's been a part of you know the apprenticeships she's taken part in and she is just so well I mean she's being modest you know but she's very very well studied regarding herbal medicine she's done a lot of many many years in this field and it was great one more plug for the candy of the month club please consider joining that and i just keep enjoying being here with you and doing these shows i'm gonna plug my patreon if you'd like there's some goodies on there and um Feel free, you know, to kick down a few uh, nickels. Don't give me nickels. Maybe a dollar. You can give a dollar. That'd be all right. One buck. A little bit of that. And um, otherwise, just enjoy it, you know, even if you don't do that. Just I'm happy to be doing this and I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, I just got this really nice new microphone for the show. And so I have got some nice mics now for uh, our, the live guests that we've been doing outside. It's been great. And, um, yeah, I know I'm always going to be outside for a couple hours and getting some fresh air when I have a podcast day. 
and that's really nice to look forward to. So I am happy to be here, and I'm happy that you're there. So live this love, love this life. See you soon. Yeah.